Is your wallet a little lighter than usual after the holiday season? Consider it money well spent because you deserve to live your best life and the Chime checking account wants to help you live yours to the fullest. A little extra money goes a long way, which is why the Chime checking account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and access to over 60,000 easy-to-find and fee-free ATMs. You even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go, including sending and receiving money fee-free with friends that aren't even on Chime. Sign up for Chime today for you and your wallet. Get started at Chime.com Goals24. That's Chime.com Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. The Neverland Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash Podcast. There's over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. The Neverland Podcast, Episode 14. Welcome to Neverland! Take a start of the right and stay until morning. Neverland! And good day to you once again. Grab the nearest pixie, give her a little shake over your head, think of some happy thoughts, and fly away with me, your host, as ever, Jeremy, off to Neverland once more. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, We're going to have some fun today. Uh, I've got something kind of special. We're going to kind of do a sort of a Disney-themed show today, and we're going to take a bit of an adventure on the Jungle Cruise in uh, a couple of variety of different ways. Uh, But before that, of course... I do have some entertaining news for you, uh, well, some entertainment news, and hopefully entertaining to hear about, uh, as well as my very first book review, and also I do have a movie review for you this week as well. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and get started right now in news. Okay, now Mark Webb has addressed some concerns about having too many villains appear in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 out the South by Southwest, uh, which is kind of this conference that I guess was going on in Texas. Um, I guess they bring a lot of electronic things. I'm not that familiar with South by Southwest, but I have a quote from him here. He says, We're obviously familiar with the complaints people had. We're very careful to make sure the stories intertwine. For Peter Parker, it's very important that you create obstacles that are difficult to overcome. I'm going to embrace the spectacle. I'm not going to be beholden to smallness. I want it to be fantastic, to be big, to command and express that feeling when you're a kid and reading the comics. End quote. Uh, also noted is information saying that Paul Giamatti's appearance as the Rhino will only take four minutes of screen time. Uh, well, this might keep away the concerns of too many villains, but it also kind of makes me wonder if they're really giving enough time to, uh, to a, a very classic Spider-Man villain. Um, and so, you know, because I mean, already we have, you know, the Rhino, Electro appears to be the major villain. We also have Norman and Harry Osborn making appearances, and apparently Harry will be appearing as some form of a Green Goblin. Uh, there's hints in the trailers of the Vulture and Dr. Octopus, which I'm expecting to tell next movie. There's rumors flying around the internet about Venom somehow or another making some sort of pop-up or a mention. Uh, who knows? But uh, it sounds like they're really going for a big-time spectacle and some of that fantastic, but still managed to intertwine to a good story and uh, possibly building to a crescendo in next movie. There, There's been a lot of talk of a Sinister Six appearance of some sort by the next movie, so we'll just have to stay tuned. Uh... Alright, here also I have an official announcement from AMC Theaters, and it reads as follows. AMC Theaters is inviting guests to catch up on the story of Steve Rogers and Captain America with Marvel's Captain America double feature in Real D 3D at 158 
AMC locations nationwide on Thursday, April 3rd. The event, which begins at 5.30 p.m. with 2011's Marvel's Captain America, The First Avenger, concludes with the 8 p.m. release of Marvel's Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Uh, Tickets for Marvel's Captain America double feature at AMC are on sale now online and at participating locations. Uh, Fans attending the event will receive a limited edition lanyard and a full-size movie poster at participating locations while supplies last. Tickets for Marvel's Captain America, The Winter Soldier, and IMAX 3D, Real D, 3D, and digital formats are also on sale now. The movie opens nationwide at 8 p.m. Thursday, April 3rd. Uh, I kind of think I'm going to try to do this. This sounds like fun. I mean, granted, I've, you know, I've got a Blu-ray of, uh, of the first Captain America, you know, the first Avenger movie. But, uh, you know, I'm kind of interested to maybe get the lanyard and the poster, although I have no idea where I would hang the poster. Uh, the uh, studio, as I'm calling it uh, when I work on these podcasts, is pretty well loaded up with a lot of bands and Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and Disney and all kinds of things. Uh, so, But I would probably make room if it was a good Captain America poster. Okay, but moving on. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the CW has added Patrick Sabongui, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right, uh, to the cast of The Flash pilot that is currently in production. He will play the role of Central City Police Captain David Singh. Uh, also, don't forget to search online. Uh, I found a copy of it actually at uh, superherohype.com. Uh, when you go and look, you can find kind of a teasing photo of the head of the Flash. It's kind of a profile shot of the actor in the mask. Uh, and I will say, you know, the the lightning that's kind of on his ears is, is kind of pretty small because I guess it would look a little silly if they made it as big as sometimes it is in the comics. Uh, the colors kind of look a bit dark, but overall it looks really faithful. And so I think this, the fans of the Flash are really going to be pleased. So we'll have to keep an eye out and see how that turns out. Uh, I haven't gotten any word on any appearance by any of these characters yet on uh, the Arrow series, which, because I don't really watch the Arrow series, unfortunately. I might get into it, but I'm not really a big Green Arrow fan. Uh, I do love him on the Injustice game. He is a very awesome character to play as. Anyways, moving on. Korean actress Kim Soo-hyun. I'm really not sure if I'm saying her name right. Uh, But there is also an actor by that same name, so uh, do not be confused. Uh, But she has confirmed that she has a role that's an important supporting character. It's something, something important. Uh, but yet still supporting, and is in the upcoming Avengers Age of Ultron movie. Uh, she tweeted, After a long wait, I'm so happy to be back with great news. I have a lot to do ahead of me, but for now, the words Welcome to the Marvel Universe are amazing and kind of overwhelming. I was a fan of Marvel Comics, and if you really like something, it looks like fate can make it happen. Uh, Marvel has said that it would be too much of a spoil to reveal which character she is playing. Uh, so I'm sure the internet's going to be full of speculation for a very long time, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to wait and see. Uh, it should be very exciting. I'm not familiar with this actress, but uh, I'm sure she'll do a great job, and we're, I'm excited to see what she does. Uh, Columbia Pictures is currently planning to reboot Zorro. Based on a 2005 novel, uh, the script is currently be ri- being rewritten by Chris Bull, who's a, a playwright. Uh, his brother uh, apparently has done some... Oh, I forgot. But the, there was a movie listed. I should have written it down. Uh, but uh, I believe the Hurt Locker was his brother who wrote it. But you know, So I don't know anything that Chris Bull has done, and I couldn't find anything. Uh, but he's currently rewriting a script that has already been written, and uh, of course the script is based on this novel. Uh, the novel is by Isabel Allende... I'm hoping I'm saying that name right. And uh, there's a description, it's official description, and it is described as a swashbuckling adventure story, Zorro reveals the history behind the legendary Masked Man. Born in Southern California in the late 18th century, Diego de la Vega is a child of two worlds. His father is an aristocratic Spanish military man turned landowner. His mother is a Shoshone warrior. From his father, Diego receives lessons in the art of fencing and in cattle branding. From his maternal grandmother, White Owl, he learns the ways of her tribe. As a child, he also witnesses the brutal injustices dealt to Native Americans by European settlers and begins to feel the inner conflict of his dual heritage. At the age of 16, Diego is sent to Barcelona to be educated. Spain is is chafing under the corruption of Napoleonic rule, and Diego, following the example of his celebrated fencing master, joins La La Justicia... Uh, I, I hope I'm saying that right. 
a secret underground resistance movement devoted to helping the powerless and the poor. With this tumultuous period as a backdrop, Diego falls in love, saves the persecuted, and confronts a great rival who emerges from the world of privilege. After many adventures, duels at dawn, fierce battles with pirates at sea, and daring rescues, Diego de la Vuego, a.k.a. Zorro, returns to America to reclaim the hacienda where he was raised and to seek justice for all who cannot fight for themselves. Sounds very exciting. Uh, you know, I'm, I love classic heroes and stuff like Zorro and the, the Lone Ranger. So seeing them get a, another turnaround uh, on film, uh, you know, very exciting to me. So I, I'll be interested in to see what they do. And uh, hope maybe it. Uh, they are hoping to kind of reboot this as a franchise. So hopefully we'll get to see a little bit more of some classic Zorro. Uh, there was at least one good movie with Antonio Banderas. That first one they did with him, uh, I did like. I heard the second one wasn't that good, so I skipped it. All right. And now the very first... Neverland Podcast book review. Uh, this is a book uh, written by Lou Mangello. He's the host of the WDW Radio podcast. Uh, you can find that at wdwradio.com. Uh, you can also find him at lumangello.com uh, or disney102.com is where you can also find his book. 102 Ways to Save Money at Walt Disney World. And now the reason why he titled that is uh, he was going to call it like, you know, 101, like a class. But 101 is actually what it means when a ride goes down in the Disney Park. They call it going 101. But when it is 102, that means it's up and running. So uh, Lou Mangiello gives a guarantee in this book that you will save money if you use some of these 102 tips for planning and enjoying a trip to Walt Disney World. You don't have to use all of them. But if you use a use a good portion, he does guarantee that it's going to work. Uh, the book is available for digital download at HTTP uh, or, as I was saying before, you know Disney102.com, uh, and it does, of course, come with that guarantee. And he's he's all about that guarantee. It's right there in his book. So, <laughs> uh, filled with beautiful pictures from the resort property, this book is a visual delight. It's very well put together. Uh, Lou has extensive knowledge of the parks, having previously written trivia books from from the knowledge in his own head. He, he went to the parks as a child and. I don't know how he retains all this knowledge, and I'm sure he's had to do quite a bit of research to get even more details. But, uh, yeah, he's written trivia books and everything, and he's, he's, he's interesting to listen to on his podcast. Uh, and those, of course, his other books can be purchased at lumangello.com. Uh, if, if you're having trouble with his name, it's M-O-N-G-E-L-L-O as the last name, so lumangello.com. Uh, now, loose tips are very practical, and they include methods to start saving money when you are starting to just plan your trip. Uh, some of the tips are like setting up a specific savings account uh, that are not, you know, without a required bank balance, and even having your children learn to save in a Disney character piggy bank, and so they can put all their nickels and dimes and save up during the time when you're saving for the trip, and they can use that money uh, to buy some souvenirs and things like that, or and even participate, so they learn a little bit about saving money. Very good idea. Uh, Lou also tells you which times are best to plan your vacation, and since he comes from every angle, you can choose which is more important. Uh, for instance, you can avoid the crowds during some times, but not necessarily find the best resort rates. Uh, so he'll tell you to avoid the festivals and special events, but then also he'll recommend those events if you want to want a bit more bang for your buck. So he kind of balances the scales for you, so you get to make your own decision. Very nice. Uh, there are all kinds of great tips, uh, like choosing a Disney-approved travel agent. Uh, Lou has recommended uh, has a recommended favorite, which I won't mention here because they're not sponsoring me. Uh, to, but the, they, he recommends them to save money on your trip. Uh, you booking your flight early and even planning a half-day ticket if you want to al- arrive later in the day. Or maybe you're going on a business trip, so maybe you got meetings all day and then you want to maybe hit the park that evening. There are discounted special rates he talks about for coming in at certain times. Uh, sprinkled throughout the book, you will find links to videos, podcasts, and other helpful websites to ensure that you can plan the best WDW vacation possible. Because a lot of his information I was familiar with, but I realized how I learned it uh, is because I'm a regular listener to WDW Radio, which is his podcast. And I tell you, this guy should really have a show on the Travel Channel. Uh, he really could fill up the whole thing if uh, if Disney ever wanted to sponsor to have a program on the Travel Channel. It's all about how to have a great vacation. Uh, at a Disney park, boy, this is this is your guy. He's all about basically you enjoying everything about the trip and and having you enjoy all the little details and all the special things that the Imagineers put into the park that a lot of people just kind of rush by onto the next on their way to the next attraction. Uh, so it's a very interesting podcast and you can really learn a lot from him. 
Uh, and this probably sounds more like an ad for the more than a review, but I really can't find anything to complain about. Uh, Lou is a thorough researcher, and his knowledge comes from years of hosting an award-winning podcast. Uh, he's won a travel award for years and years and years for his podcast, and he really does want you to have the best world, uh, Walt Disney World trip that you can, and this book is really a grand way for him to share his experience and knowledge with you. And uh, I think it was really a good idea for him to do this. Uh, I think he really wants to genuinely help and, and share the knowledge he's gained through all the years of doing the podcast and and previously uh, so it's, it's a really exciting to have the book and because of the digital format you can download it onto your phone or a tablet and take it with you along your way in the park or uh, I believe it is supposed to be available in print uh, so you can also go through and have it in print and kind of study up and uh, a lot of good information that you can have before you even meet with your travel agent because I'm your travel agent probably knows a lot of this stuff, but uh, you know, going in prepared would be a good idea. So I'm definitely planning on putting some of this to use, although I'm currently, right now, we're digging our way out of debt. And once we're out of debt, boy, I tell you what, we're going to start saving up. And uh, my wife has never gone to a Disney park, and I've only been once. So uh, we plan on putting a lot of these tips to use. Uh, so great book. I highly recommend it. Once again, if you go to Disney102.com, you can find out all about the book. And uh, check out his podcast at www.radio.com. Uh, it is available on iTunes. Now I also have a movie review. Uh, now this uh, this is a film. It's uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. It's based on a cartoon short called uh, Mr. Peabody's Improbable History, and it was part of the Bullwinkle and Rocky show. Uh, and I, when I was a child, I they used to show on syndication the Bullwinkle and Rocky show. So I remember this segment. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. And so when I saw the poster uh, when this movie was about to come out, I didn't know anything about it until the, the posters. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's Peabody and Sherman. So I was pretty excited about this. So uh, I figured it was appropriate because I figure maybe as a child you saw it. And even your parents' children probably watched it. This was the late 50s and the 60s. Uh, that this series was out, and everybody remembers Bullwinkle and Rocky, uh, and I was kind of hoping for a cameo, and he kind of does. If you wait till the very end of the credits, uh, this was brought out by like Bullwinkle Pictures, and so there's a big picture of Bullwinkle that'll show up at the end. Uh, but Mr. Peabody and Sherby, uh, Sherman deliver what we'd expect. Uh, Peabody has his signature puns as present at the end of every one of their short cartoons. He always had a little fun pun, and the movie even implies that all of their previous animated adventures on the Wayback Machine actually happened. Uh, but here are the missing details, like how did Peabody meet Sherman, and what was behind that door that Peabody and Sherman used to walk through as part of the Wayback Machine. Because if you recall, there was like all these uh, kind of weird flashing lights and all this different thing, and they would just suddenly walk through a door and pop up at the time. Well, as a tribute to that, they, of course, they have that wall with that door, and they do walk through it. But on the other side is the actual Wayback Machine, which is this weird kind of pod thing <laughs> so uh, there's plenty of slapstick fun and some historical humor around in this i call it it was kind of doctor who like adventure whereas fans of the old series will recognize that how we learn history isn't exactly how it happened when mr peabody and sherman visit that year or that period in history and of course the question is not where are we going but when are we going and of course that line is in the movie as it was frequently in the cartoon uh, the story revolves an incident where a very very protective Mr. Peabody drops his adopted son Sherman off at his first day of school. Uh, Sherman dazzles his teacher with his knowledge of history, uh, much to the chagrin of Penny, a girl in his class who turns out to be quite the bully. Uh, and after she picks a fight with Sherman and calls him a dog and a lot of other things, uh, well, Sherman bites her. Well, he didn't want to hit her, I guess, because, you know, we do tend to not want to hit a girl. Uh, so he bit her, <laughs> which I guess if you're raised by a dog, that's kind of the controversy, isn't it? So next thing you know, there's a lawyer involved to question how can a dog raise a human boy. Now, Peabody always has a plan, though, and he invites Penny and her parents over for a dinner to try to work out the issue before he loses his son because that lawyer does threaten to take Sherman away. Uh, some complications arise when Sherman disobeys his canine father and takes Penny for an excursion in the Wayback Machine. And what unfolds is a delightful adventure through history to get safely home again while trying to avoid a paradox. But I do have two major complaints about this film. There are two jokes that really do not belong in a movie where parents will assume all is well and they can bring their young children. After all, uh, these are characters we loved as kids and our parents loved as kids. Uh, but one joke is kind of related with booby traps that kind of gets taken a direction you can probably guess and another about stopping Sherman from touching himself makes this a, you know, very inappropriate for young viewers because uh, that's you really probably don't want your kid uh, repeating any of it even if they don't fully understand it you know I so you know parents 
make a judgment call yourselves. Uh, maybe go view the movie first and then discern what what you know, with your children what you would like to have them see. Uh, because granted, you know the the touching of itself has to do with creating a paradox. If you know, um, I don't want to give away any spoils, but he's trying you know making contact with uh, his self from the same time stream and kind of complicated but when that line is delivered the lawyer is like taking notes oh my goodness um and of course it's done for funny haha which i really didn't think was appropriate for something that was based off an old cartoon from the 50s and 60s where that would not have been acceptable and it was really unnecessary but overall i enjoyed the movie but as i said parents be cautioned uh dreamworks does have a habit of trying to appeal to the audience uh, the adults in the audience with humor you'd rather your six-year-old not repeat, uh, which is kind of one of the reasons why I'm not really a fan of the Shrek films. I mean, granted, the, the first one I did see and I did laugh at, but with some of the humor they had, I kept looking down with this mother who was freaking out with her children in tow, and I, I will always remember that image. Okay, uh, before we move on to our main content today, I would like to remind you that for the listeners of the Neverland Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Now, I have been recommending for the last few weeks, The Hobbit, unabridged by J.R.R. Tolkien, is available, and um, it was available for free. Hopefully, it still is. I do have links at NeverlandPodcast.com that will take you straight to Audible. audibletrial.com slash neverlandpodcast if you want to type it in yourself. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash neverlandpodcast. You can also, like I said, find links over at neverlandpodcast. I even have a link for there was a Star Wars book available that I've been posting up on the website. Uh, so, But yeah, go check it out. I mean, you, you get a free audiobook and you get to try out the service. And you also are, of course, supporting the show, which I very much appreciate. Uh, now, uh, moving right along to our highlighted Disney content for the week. Okay, so uh, this isn't necessarily a childhood memory for me, but it's probably a childhood memory for many of you out there. Uh, but this was the Jungle Cruise, uh, featured both at Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Uh, well, inside Walt Disney World, it's inside of Magic Kingdom, and it's part of Adventureland. Uh, also, Tokyo Disneyland has one, and at Hong Kong Disneyland, the attraction is named the Jungle River Cruise. Uh, Disneyland Paris is the only Magic Kingdom-style Disney park that actually doesn't have a Jungle Cruise. Uh, but it does have a special ride of its own called the Phantom Manor, which is kind of a alternative version of the Haunted Mansion, which I actually, if I ever got a chance to go to Paris, I would love to check it out. It's uh, it's very, very cool, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Haunted Mansion. Uh, but the source of inspiration for the attraction it included there was a 1955 True Life Adventure, The African Lion. It was about a pride of lions. And also The African Queen. Uh, uh, Imagineer Harper Goff referenced the African Queen frequently in his ideas, even his designs of the ride vehicles were inspired by a steamer that was used in the film. Now, the True Life Adventures, uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar, those were actually documentaries that uh, that the Disney uh, studios produced that were, of course, kind of nature documentaries. There's quite a few of them, uh, though they're kind of hard to find these days. Uh, but it was uh, the project was scheduled to open with the July 17, 1955 debut of Disneyland. It's undergone a few undergone a few changes uh, you know since then but the overall concept of it is you get on this boat and you're right along and there's these animatronic animals uh, they wanted to you know they thought it would be wonderful to have live animals but live animals don't exactly do things on command uh, so there's animatronic animals and you have a skipper who is kind of like your tour guide who's going along and kind of controlling the boat and they tell really bad jokes and they have sort of a script that they kind of follow but a lot of them really kind of go off script which they kind of uh, are supposed to be discouraged but it's kind of also allowed because they you know they really do have a lot of fun with it and uh, so that's generally the fun of the ride is you know getting to see kind of the funny animatronics while you ride along and hearing the jokes when you have a really good skipper uh, and the one trip I had back in 2009 had a skipper named Pat and she was wonderful now I didn't quite understand the concept of it I I, you know, I've done some uh, some volunteer work at a state park where they kind of tour a historical house, and I'm kind of a tour person, and I'm used to kind of being able to interact with people. And so when I, I'm going to play the recording of my trip through that I got from when I, with my video camera, of my trip through on the Jungle Cruise, and you'll kind of hear me. There's a sound effect that, uh, that my wife has pointed this out. Now, you know, you all are familiar with Heather if you've been listening to the show, and she's a biology teacher. And she has pointed out to me that the sound frequently used in movies and all this stuff that they'll say is a monkey is actually the call or laugh of the kookaburra. 
And so every time I hear it, I'm, I've now become like my wife where I'm like, oh, that's not a monkey. That's kookaburra. And you'll kind of hear me try to tell that to the skipper halfway through the recording. So you'll just have to forgive me for that. But before I play the recording of my trip, there actually is a kind of a read-along book that they put out for a lot of the different attractions uh, at Disneyland. And one of them is the Jungle Cruise. And with the narration of this, you'll kind of get an understanding of the different things that you'll see before I actually play you my recording. Uh, so I really hope you enjoy this. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully you have some memories to kind of call upon from having been to Disneyland or Disney World uh, at your time of the youth. Otherwise, though, this is kind of a, just this fun little goofy adventure that I think will just kind of bring out the kid in you. So without further ado, let's go on an adventure with Disneyland's Jungle Cruise. Welcome aboard the Jungle Cruise. I'll be your skipper and guide down the rivers of adventure. You know, we always turn and take a last good look at the dock and wave goodbye because uh, we may never see it again. Now, as we leave the last outpost of civilization, we enter the mouth of the Irrawaddy River of Burma, where rare plants and lush vegetation grow in abundance. The dragon blood trees of the area actually bleed red when cut. And the ever-fresh orchids need no soil. They get their nourishment from the moisture in the air. Uh, speaking of moisture, we're passing through a tropical rainforest. We often see exotic birds and huge colorful butterflies or a, a couple of mean-looking crocodiles. In fact, we are now turning into the crocodile-infested Mekong River of Asia. Well, there's old Smiley, the granddaddy of them all. Uh, you'll have to keep your hands inside the boat. You see, he's always looking for a handout. Up ahead are the ruins of a centuries-old Cambodian shrine. It was almost totally destroyed by a devastating earthquake hundreds of years ago. Only the monkey god remains, guarded by those beady-eyed crocodiles and that giant jungle spider. Through an old archway, we enter the sunken ruins of an ancient lost city. Now, python-like banyans grip this great stone face in a living vice. The elephant god Ganesha guards the entrance to the enchanted bathing pool of elephants. The natives of the jungle say that whole herds of playful Indian elephants migrate here to bathe. Watch out for some wet surprises from those big shots. And the little ones too, they're playful little squirts. You know, these sacred bathing rites are seldom seen by civilized men. As we leave the waters of the pesky elephants, we journey deep into the interior where ferocious wildlife roam. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It looks like one of the larger elephants wanted to bathe all by himself and he doesn't like being disturbed. Hey, he's trying to give us a bath. Oh, that was close. Uh, if you're on the rail, you better look out. He might do it again. Oh, well. Maybe he figured we didn't need a bath. This tall grass means big game country. We must be on the lookout. The wild animals come down to the river to drink. Oh, there's a family of rhinos, a mama rhino, and two babies. I, I think we frightened the young ones, but not mama. She's not afraid. Oh, she must weigh over two ton. And believe me, she knows how to throw her weight around. There are other wild animals, too, and... Beautiful vegetation. Giant bamboo trees grow 60 feet high. And some of the bushes in this area grow the berries from which the natives extract the deadly Bushman's poison. We're approaching beautiful Schweitzer Falls, named after the famous Dr. Albert Schweitzer, who's done so much for the people of Africa. Now, I'll try to get in just as close as I can. These falls... Oh, 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 boy! Ah, 
I didn't think I was going to make it. That was almost too close. Our next is the famous Nile, the longest river in the world. Uh-oh. Look on that bank. A big bull elephant. The enormous ears and that sloping forehead mark the African bull elephant, one of the most feared animals of the jungle. There's another one. Don't get excited now, big boy. We're just passing through. Waterfalls mark the entrance to the expansive grassland region of the African veldt. Because of the migratory habits of the beasts in the jungle, this area is often inhabited with gazelles, news, zebras, giraffes, and look, in that tree, vultures waiting for their share. And here, dens of laughing hyenas, jackals, and packs of hungry lions feasting on one of their unsuspecting prey. This region tells the story and points up the law of the African veldt, the survival of the fittest. I understand that there's a lost safari somewhere in this area. Oh, there they are. Say, they look trapped. Why, that big rhino has them up a tree. The native on the bottom is sort of low man on the totem pole. He hasn't gotten the point yet, but he will. Please be careful now and don't rock the boat. We're entering a pool of hippopotami. They're big and curious and could easily upset the boat. I'll try to get us through safely. Don't worry, I, I understand they're not dangerous until they wiggle their ears. Hmm. What? They're all wiggling their ears. Easy now. Easy. Ah, I think we made it. Hang on. A big hippo's charging broadside. That'll hold him. We're now... Look out! Look out! Another hippo! Oh, that scared him. We are now entering headhunter country. And just beyond is a native village. I'll try to get us as close as possible. Well, a canoe full of skulls. Huh, looks like the remains of my... Uh, first boatload. You know, the natives are celebrating the kill of a lion, probably caught raiding the village. Now, let's see if we can sneak by them. Be very quiet. Don't attract their attention. And watch those bushes on the right. They sometimes ambush us there. There's a war party. These tribesmen grow to a height of seven feet or more, and they have one aim in life. And that is to get <laughs> ahead. Those two trophies on the witch doctor's hut, they used to belong to two of the nicest tourists who ever took a shortcut through the jungle. Again we approach beautiful Schweitzer Falls with a unique rock formation carved by the falls over the years. It's a different view this time, from behind. Uh-oh, white water ahead. The rapids of Kilimanjaro. Let's keep our arms inside the boat. It's going to be very close, very treacherous here. You see, the rocks are jagged. Someone grab the rudder. Watch that big rock on the right. Easy. <sighs> we made it. Uh-oh, but look ahead. A giant gorilla. And there's another. They weigh at least 600 pounds. Why, that one must have an arm spread of over eight feet. He might yank us right out of the boat. Watch it. Uh-oh, we're not out of danger yet. Look, a big crocodile. Uh, see you later, alligator. Now, around the bend comes the most dangerous part of our journey. The return to civilization. 
As we approach the landing, I uh, suggest you step off on the dockside. Uh, if you feel your feet getting wet, you've uh, gone the wrong way. Thanks for being aboard the Disneyland Jungle Cruise down the rivers of adventure. And visit us again soon in Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom. Well, I hope you have thoroughly enjoyed this recording. Speaking of thoroughly, did y'all recognize the voice of Thrall Ravenscroft as your narrator taking you through on the Jungle Cruise? Well, that gives you a pretty good description of what you would see on a trip on the Jungle Cruise. But now I want to take you on a journey that I personally had with the Skipper back in 2009. The Skipper's name was Pat. And, uh, well, she was just delightful, and it was a great introduction for me into the Jungle Cruise, which uh, I had seen. There was some, some collector's glasses back in the 80s I remember my grandmother had. Uh, I don't know how old the glasses were. I don't know how long she had had them, and I don't know if it was part of a set of, like, Disneyland attractions, but uh, I remember she had a glass that was of the Jungle Cruise. And, uh, I, you know, I had never been to Disneyland, so I didn't really know much about it. But before I play you the audio from Pat, I found something really kind of cool. While you're waiting in, in the queue or line, whatever you want to call it, for the Jungle Cruise, there's a lot of fun things to look at, uh, including a, uh, a kind of beleaguered-looking uh, sign that says that there's free kittens to a good home kind of thing. And it turns out when you read, it's basically tiger cubs. <laughs> and, uh, of course, they want to get rid of these cubs because these kittens were not fun. They were tigers. Uh, there's also a really kind of fun play on uh, a bunch of different foods that taste somewhat like chicken uh, until finally one day they actually have chicken. But while you're in the line, there is some audio of a news feed that goes through, also some music and things like that. And I actually have a recording of the news feed, and I'm going to share that. And then directly after that, I'll go ahead and play the audio from my personal trip back in 2009 on Disney's Jungle Cruise. This just in. A Jungle Cruise skipper reports spotting the lost safari near the African veldt. As you may recall, this safari has remained missing longer, yet had more sightings than any other in history. Locally, aeroplane pilots are cautioned about landing in Settler's Field. Recent rains have created rather large bogs, which have attracted the attention of local water buffalo. Pilots should carefully review conditions before either taking off or landing. These same rains have caused Schweitzer Falls to run at 150% of normal, resulting in dangerous currents on nearby waterways. All skippers are advised to proceed with caution. The Northeastern District is reporting some unusual activities at the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. The Governor's troops have been dispatched to the area. We will provide further information as it becomes available. Also in the news, an entire Jungle Cruise Tour group has disappeared in the Riverfront region. Authorities are trying to determine their exact whereabouts. It is the fourth reported incident involving the Jungle Cruise this month. In the Lake District, a group of hunters claims that all of their supplies, equipment and their transport were lost when a group of mad gorillas invaded their camp. Wildlife specialists calmed the residents, saying that such behavior on the part of gorillas is rather a new shipment of quinine has just arrived at Tropical Imports. Those with medical conditions will be given priority. The remaining quinine will be available to the general public while the supply lasts. The Serengeti Wildlife Society has announced its safari schedule for the next year. Several spaces are still available. Please contact the Society for details. Next week, the True Life Adventures Club will be holding its third annual meeting. Dr. Sears and Hibbler will be discussing their research on the African lion. This is the Global Broadcasting Service, the voice of civilization. In the local news, the Northeastern District reports a record number of visitors this year. Local officials attribute the increase to rumors about recent discoveries at the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. The unexpected onslaught of visitors has created a shortage of elephants and automobiles throughout the region. On a more pragmatic note, Matty's Boatyard announces that they have just received their shipment of mechanical and motorized parts. Those who had placed orders should contact Mr. Matty. Reverend Goff of the Jungle Mission will soon be returning to Holland and is seeking a home for two chimpanzees and a lion cub. If you can help, 
please call the Mission Veterinary Clinic. The weather at our outpost today? Hot and humid. Monsoons are expected to arrive here later this week, turning the weather to hot and humid. Now for some local updates. Due to last week's locust invasion, the Ladies' Assistance League has rescheduled their annual charity bazaar for next Saturday at noon at Prince Albert School. The Jungle Botanical Society will be hosting a program entitled Secrets of Life. Rare carnivorous plants will be on hand. Light refreshments will be served. During his lecture yesterday to the Anthropological Society, Professor Marcus Brody reported that Dr. Henry Indiana Jones has located priceless artifacts at the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. Professor Brody believes that Dr. Jones may have uncovered the most significant archaeological find of the century. We're going to take a jungle cruise on one of these boats. Oh no! Now, right 
actually two and a half months and they can run as fast as a horse. We tried to show them with our safari group, but they didn't listen. Actually, I believe that's, uh, I can see the name of the My wife, a biologist, was here, she'd tell you. It's actually a... Crocodile. Anybody like
likes to get them wet. Oh, good. Yeah, got to be really careful. We've only been wet once today. <laughs> I always like to point out uh, some of the great plants that we like here in the jungle. Like I like this plant. That's a wonderful plant. This is a gorgeous one. And then the tall green ones that run across the back. Any questions on the green plant? What are they called? Green, greener, and greenest. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> and they're old. You know, they've been here since 1971. Cheek Nami. Cheek Nami is our head salesperson here. He said business has been shrinking. Oh, yeah, two hands uh -oh. for the price of yours. Any takers today? No takers. Sorry, Cheek. And guess what? That ends our ride. Oh, you know, that 10 minutes goes by way too fast, doesn't it? All right. I thoroughly hope that you did enjoy this as much as I did. I had a lot of fun riding that. Uh, the fellow I went with, uh, a friend of mine and everything, we went uh, down to Disney World back in 2009. He knew it was kind of like, whatever, we'll drive the Jungle Cruise. I don't think he's a big fan of it, but I sure had fun, and it was a new experience for me, and I laughed at so the jokes. You can hear me kind of giggle at stuff, and it's a lot of bad puns, as you can tell, and a lot of silly humor, but, you know, it's just, it's just a lot of fun. And I'm sure there's probably people who just don't like the ride, and that's okay. But uh, for those of us that enjoy that kind of humor, and it's really a good time. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed that, and I really do thank you for downloading the show this week and listening in. And also, I thank you for uh, paying attention to our sponsors at audible.com. Remember, remember audibletrial.com slash neverlandpodcast to get your free trial. Also, uh, around about my website, you can find links uh, to purchase songs from iTunes. Uh, I don't really have any songs for you for this week for iTunes, but if you go and look back at previous show notes uh, for the previous episodes, I have song links for a lot of different songs uh, that I've shared as Song of the Week or played along uh, during the show. Uh, also, uh, provided your browser hasn't blocked it, uh, I do have a search engine for iTunes that you can use directly off of NeverlandPodcast.com in order to search for something on iTunes, and that will also help out the show. Uh, so, don't forget that we can be found on both iTunes and Stitcher, so please visit both of those websites and write me a review up because it does help other people to find the show. And don't forget to to uh, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and then share those links on your own Twitter and Facebook page and tell your friends about the show and how much fun you're having. Uh, it really does help and bring a whole lot more visitors to the show and listeners, and I do appreciate every single one of you. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun doing this and kind of acting like a big kid and this really kind of gives me a great outlet that way i don't drive poor heather up the wall uh, so i invite you to come back next week uh, i'm going to share some more great audio i tracked down a lot of really fun audio i'm trying not to have this show become too much all superheroes because believe me it's in danger of it because i found a whole lot of like old very long record type of sound effects uh from uh, everything from spider-man to superman i just found all kinds of fun stuff just great stuff and also i did hit a thrift store and found some great vinyl, uh, some more Disney stuff that I will share. Uh, just remember, we're not necessarily a Disney podcast here. I will just, anything that we have from our childhood is great and it's open territory. And I would like to hear from you of what you remember, what memories you have that you would like for me to cover on the show, be it a panel discussion or if I have some audio I can share or perhaps you have some audio you'd like to share. Uh, you can send that to podcast at neverlandpodcast.com uh, Send it to Twitter at neverlandpk cast and also on facebook just search neverland podcast or you know slash neverland podcast directly from facebook.com and you can find us you'll also find those links available to you at neverlandpodcast.com well once again i invite you to come back next week but now it's time to say goodbye so i'll leave you this with this reminder to always carry a little bit of pixie dust around with you to sprinkle it around and try to keep that good positive happy attitude with you because we all know life has its stresses and its disturbances but you really you have to try to keep the right sort of attitude and uh, it'll help you deal with things a lot better so always keep neverland in your heart until we get to visit again next week bye-bye now and uh thanks for listening <laughs>